0: Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. I am so excited for you to hear this conversation today. This podcast episode and the next one have been months in the making. Christina Anderson is who I got to talk to and she is amazing. She is so blessed. She is so knowledgeable and I seriously love talking to this woman. She has so much. Much wisdom. We have been planning this episode seriously for months, and so many things have gotten in the way time and time again. So, I'm so excited to finally be able to say, here it is. Here is the episode that I have been waiting for, and you have been waiting for. We cover some really heavy stuff. So, her and I's conversation was really, really long. So, this is the first section um, of the conversation, and next week you will get to hear the rest of it. It's kind of split up into two parts. For this week, some of the big things that we're tackling are how is godly sex different? What does it look like to be a Christian and have sex? What does that mean for your sex life? Is there something that you should be doing differently or how is it different from just sex, the the sex that people talk about. We talk about how to be a holistic being in sex and so many other uplifting and good and beautiful things. It is so powerful, so impactful. So I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. Christina has just been recently, as in last year, right around the same time that I started all of this, been stepping into her calling, which is also talking about Christianity and sexuality and how it all goes together. She's a speaker. She is a person who just loves and pours in energy and education and love into the people around her. She has got so much powerful wisdom. I know you guys are going to love this episode. So here you go. All right. Hey, Christina, thanks for coming on the podcast. You bet. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I have been a uh, just to give the listeners a little bit of a um, a feel into this podcast episode, we have been planning out this episode for months now and have been so excited to do it. And it's been hilarious how many life things have come in the way, but we are here. We are ready for this. This conversation is going to be so good. Um, I just cannot wait for everything that we are about to talk about, but just to give them a little intro to you, Christina, I would love you to just kind of like tell people who you are and why you are passionate about healthy sexuality. Okay. My name is Christina Anderson. I live in Central Arkansas with my fam.
1: Um, I have homeschooled four children and I'm married to an amazing man. Those are some of my favorites about my days in and my days out. Um, sexuality and what even got me in this area of interest Um I was kind of the oddball to be a female as far as having a high sex drive. And I didn't understand that at the time. I just knew I was the oddball. And I was weird. I was different. Um, but early in my marriage, I started having conversations with other young married couples. Um, my husband and I married young. So we were married, we were married at 20. And um, so it was a few years after that that several of our friends began to get married. Yeah. And I was hearing different conversations just um of pain, of unenjoyment, of dread from so many wives around sexuality. And it just piqued my interest. I was like, what is happening? Why is this happening? That was never my story. Um, And as I leaned into that and engaged in more conversations, my heart was just stirred for the message Mm -hmm. of this um, and God's design for it and the goodness of it and the beauty that could come from it to be told, to be understood. So probably 15, 16 years now, I have read an insane amount of material and met with a variety of people from young teens to older women, married and single, and it has been a joy. So that's, that's it. I just have a passion for it, that the Lord has placed in my life. And he's given me an avenue, called me to speak about it more publicly about a year and a half ago now, in the middle of the pandemic. (laughs) And I, I seriously was like, well, if I say yes to this, where do I go? We can't even set the the same table with people, right? Yeah. Um, But I said yes. And he has opened doors since then. And it's been amazing to watch, which I feel like um, also shows me his passion for this message to get out there and be delivered with truth.
0: Yes. I love it. I love how vocal you are about it. And I think it's probably... I think we connect so well because my story is so similar to yours in the sense that I I did, I have a high sex drive and we got married when we were 20. Well, I was 20. He was a little bit older than me. Um, But yeah, we had the same thing where it was like a few years down the road. It was like so many people were talking about, oh, I just, you know, I just do it for him or I don't really enjoy it or I have pain or our honeymoon was just awful. And I was like, what is, this is not how this is supposed to be. And so I did have a question for you that I feel like, um, I just want to hear your heart on it so much, but I've had a few people ask me if, if God made sex and it's supposed to be good, how is God centered sex different? Why? why is it important? Why is it important to view sex through the lens of God? And like, how does it make it different than just regular sex and the way that people talk about it? And you know, all of that sort of stuff. So did you have any thoughts on that? Um, sure. I'll be glad to share some thoughts on that. (laughs) Um, I think it's really important that we
1: recognize not only are we, um, body, soul, and spirit, um, God wants holiness from us in body, soul, and spirit. And I believe it's first Thessalonians five. He actually talks about Christ bringing us holiness Mm -hmm. in in our body, in our soul, and in our spirit. And when we look at sexuality as a whole integrated, um, act, it is not just a body. Mm. It definitely includes our soul and our spirit. So, um, when when we talk about God centered sex, what does that even mean, really? Because there are people who are not Christ followers who still make wise decisions with their bodies. They're they're going to not just share their body with with whoever. They're going to be very thoughtful. They're going to be um, walking with protection, if you will, in in different guarding ways. And they're so is that completely different than a believer? Not completely different than a believer. We have some similarities with people who are not Christ followers. Um, I think that it gets really key when we get down to the spiritual aspect of it. So Mm -hmm. the Lord calls us physically um, to be in a committed covenantal relationship. He definitely calls us into that. So God-centered sex physically, he definitely has a boundary around that. Um, And I'm not trying to imply that he doesn't. at all he does. And that is what he calls us to that best models his relationship with his bride, us, the Mm -hmm. church. Um, and since we as physical beings are to be image bearers of God, we are to bring that image of his, his spiritual relationship to those around us in physical form. So I believe that that covenantal marriage design is meant for us to physically show I'm here And I am committed to this one person, our Mm. souls, our emotions, our wills, our um, thoughts. He definitely calls us into holiness in those areas. And he also has directions for us in that. The one that we think of the most is the idea of lust and Mm. controlling our thoughts, that they would be in a loving way and not a lustful way. So when I look at God-centered sex for my soul, it's going to look like, am I loving my neighbor? am mm-hmm. i loving my neighbor as i love myself these things he calls us into to walk in a, a pure thought in the sense of true love and not necessarily what the world defines as such because it's not just based off of what we feel it also has to involve our thought and our will and god's presence in our life strengthens us for that um the spiritual design, uh, the spiritual aspect of ourselves and sexuality. I think this is when people could really quickly be like, and you've lost your mind, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Because I think it's more than just saying there is spiritual instruction in scripture for us to follow. I think it's a whole lot more than that. Mm-hmm. I think that's an aspect of it. And I think that's a beautiful gift. And we are wise to submit to that as mm-hmm. Christ followers. Um. But I really believe that it's intended to be a worshipful act in relationship, including the Lord. Yeah. And I think that it may take us a while to embrace that and learn to walk that out just with all the stigmas that have been placed on sexuality and how loud the cultural voice has been um, over the voice of Christ and the Lord, and the Holy Spirit in our life, but I believe that God-centered sexuality, once we align those three things physically, we align our soul, then that spiritual aspect of it would, will truly show us that we can be with another, we can be with our spouse, our partner, in our committed covenantal relationship, wholly vulnerable with mm-hmm. the Lord's presence to in, among, and around us. And it'd be a holy act of worship. Yeah, um, And I think that's an aspect that we really need to lean into and talk about more without being fearful of being like, hold on,
0: <laughs> you're saying
1: I should like prayerfully engage the Lord in this. I am. Yes. yes. I'm saying that that doesn't look like stopping and kneeling by a bed. That doesn't <laughs> look like, um you know, having to stop and be like, we need to pray right now. That is just the engagement of a Trinitarian example,
0: quite yeah. honestly,
1: of if I'm with my spouse and we invite the spirit in with us, what a beautiful dance, what a beautiful gift of intimacy in that, yeah. that those are some of my thoughts on what a God-centered sex life would yes. look like and could look like. And it doesn't mean that if you're not at that place of having a full-on worship session with the Lord. And I don't think it looks like that every time, like one way every time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not there yet, that doesn't mean that you aren't pleasing to the Lord because yeah. I believe that you very much so can be and are if you are seeking his way and his presence in your life. And then to be even in the midst of this, he is pleased and delighted with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that so much. It reminds me of, so early on in my marriage, I, uh, which my marriage is still early on, I think <laughs> it's only seven years in the making, but the first couple of years, I remember a few times where I, I feel like I have such a, a healthy connection with the Holy spirit. I love picturing his presence around me. I love having him with me and, and in that conversation. And I remember there were a few times where I, um, was about to have sex with Caleb and I just told him how excited I was to just picture like the Holy spirit or God or God, the father, or Jesus in the room, smiling and praying for us and interceding as we were having sex. And he was like, he, <laughs> he was like, okay, that's weird for me. <laughs> like we're yes. we're here, we're <laughs> naked. We're about to like do the quote quote dirty whatever you want to call it and he was like I just can't really picture God smiling at me as I'm having sex with you and I was like no but it's so good it feels so good just 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 try it with me and it was funny but as we started walking through it it was like he actually was probably more um in scripture daily than I was at that time um but it was a completely new concept for him to put his his faith aligned with his sexuality and, and putting those things together and he he knew mm-hmm. that God made sex good and he knew that you know God made it for us and it's supposed to be pleasurable and we're supposed to be intimate and vulnerable together but the idea of God in the room was like that almost feels like too much now we're <laughs> over that hump now and he he loves he loves it and like you said we don't we don't think that way or talk that way every time but it's still just right. This I think it's overcoming your mindset because if you have any pushback there if you're if you're thinking like he did at the beginning where it was like that's weird then that's something to work through because that probably mm-hmm. means there's either a block with your spouse that you're having a hard time picturing all of the three of you together or there's some sort of block in your relationship with God and it's just a good place to start and it's not a shameful thing like you said it's not like you're wrong or whatever but it can at least start you down this path of why would it be uncomfortable for me to think of God and sex at the same time? So, yeah.
1: Yes. The fact that it's about, I think so often we hear, um, especially in a church culture, we hear so often about the do's and the don'ts. We hear Mm -hmm. about the laws or the boundaries around sex, however you might want to say that. And we rarely hear about the relational portion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because we also don't use great language around it, often when we talk about sex, we mean sexual intercourse. And um, that is a whole different thing for yeah. me. Yeah, yep. <laughs> when I really feel like we should reference sexual intimacy way more. And that also helps it make more sense. This is a relational portion. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. If you're ready to engage the Lord in that, in your sexual relationship, in your marriage, and your spouse cannot go there, or it's not even a follower um, of Christ, maybe they, they don't even proclaim to you a follower of Christ. You can definitely still have that level of intimacy with the Lord while you are with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And it is okay if they are not in the same place as you. And it is okay if you are listening right now and you're like, this is whack. These people have <laughs> yes. lost their mind. It is okay if you're in that place, yes. um, but I do want to encourage you to remember um, that God was never meant to be a far off mm. demanding um, entity. Mm. He has always intended to be very close to us and intimate with us. And I truly believe that the physical realm is an echo, if you will, or a picture of the spiritual. Um, and it, they are so very connected. We just don't hear that in our modern day conversation here in the good United States. We just don't talk that way a lot. We have so yeah. many things um, that, that we don't reference as, as spiritual and physical combined. We see them very separate. And that's unfortunate because that's not how God intended it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. One of the other things that just kind of in this conversation of talking about, um, having God in the room or having him involved in your sex life and and what that looks like is I have gotten a lot of people talking about, they feel dirty, this dirtiness that comes with it. And I know that it, there's so much that's wrapped up into it because it can come from everything like you know, the way that sex has been spoken about or things that have happened in your past or just your own heart and mindset things. Like there's so much that happens with sex in our life because it is all integrated, but I get people coming to me saying, okay, like I'm engaged and I feel dirty for the things that have happened previously, or I'm married and sex is good now. And I still feel this dirty feeling. Is there anything that you can just speak to on, on dealing with that? Yeah. Um, again, on that one, I
1: would I would bring in some more scriptural truth. And this is another example of where I feel like we have separated the physical from the spiritual so often. So um, because there's not a verse that specifically says if you have sexually messed up, then you should see God as this person. We fail to apply the other truths and principles of scripture to ourselves because it's just not black and white written there. And the enemy is going to have a heyday with that. Mm. Um, So I, I think it's important that we remember first who Christ is. And the word that is used in the New Testament to describe him the most is the word compassion. And I don't believe that we see compassion and receive compassion the way that we should when we set before the Lord with this truth in one hand of who we are, who we feel like we are, and then this truth, and I'm using those words loosely, this one is true. Christ is compassionate. So either I'm a worthless failure (laughs) Or he truly is compassionate and has moved towards me and redeemed and made me righteous. It's these Mm. two things. Both of those cannot be true. Yeah. (laughs) And exist together. And I think I'm saying this correctly. Here's what I'm intending to say. Christ has covered every bit of it. Every bit of it. Before you ever existed. Every, every bit of it. Before you knew you were going to do it. And today, after you have done it, he said, let me take care of that. And he moves towards you with compassion in it right now to say, I've taken care of that. Mm. Let me take care of you in it. So remembering who the person of Christ is, I think is valuable and not putting um, our sin and our shame on this elevated platform mm. and moving Christ's yeah. work beneath it. that That is just not how this Christ walk goes. That That's not the God that we follow. So if I said anything awkward in the truth piece there, trying to balance it in both hands, I think that that would have helped explain what I meant by that. Also, I think that it is very important that they recognize the difference between conviction and condemnation. Mm, And God tells us through his word, there is no condemnation for those of you who are in Christ Jesus. He tells us that. And to differentiate between those two, I think that I would like to encourage your listeners to ponder these things. Condemnation looks more like death, darkness, despair, and it's filled with lies. So Mm. if you're experiencing like, this is the death of me, this is the end of me, There, it's despairing. That is not of Christ. That Mm -hmm. is not the person of Christ. If you are living under conviction, then you are going to experience life and light and hope and be able to receive truth. And those are good things that we can differentiate between those. That's a good thing. We need to be able to differentiate between that. Conviction is a beautiful gift. Um, if there is anything still in our life that we're wrestling with as a true sin issue, um, the fact that we would feel conviction is what draws us into the presence of Christ and causes us to become more Mm Christ-like. However, if what we're experiencing is condemnation, it's pulling us away from Christ. It is causing us to live in isolation and in darkness and just have this internal turmoil constantly. Mm -hmm. And if that is your case, then I would encourage you to recognize this is not of the Lord and shut them down. Mm. This voice is not of the Lord. And it may sound something like that right there. This is not of Christ. Lord, help me hear your voice. Mm-hmm. This is not the way that Jesus works. Lord, show me your way. Mm-hmm. And it may be that simple in the midst of it, or it may be as simple as just saying, stop. Yeah. And speaking out, stop. Stop. With the lies, with the despair, with the darkness, that is not my life. That is not what we are promised in Christ. So I think that those two things are really important for us to remember. They're just spiritual principles, mm-hmm. but they absolutely apply to our sexual life. Um, yes. Anything done before or after marriage, anything that we've done,
0: yeah. Period. Yeah.
1: Um, and it's very applicable towards our sexual relationship and our sexual health and our sexual wholeness that we would receive those. Yeah. Oh, I want to encourage one more thing, Amanda, that if they're feeling that, if they're living with that, that they would join a community somehow. Join, that sounds huge and big. Let me restate that, that they would join someone. So this would be more communal and not isolated. So they do not have to join a group of 10 people. They do not have to join a group of five people. But if they would invite one person in Mm -hmm. that they know seeks the face of God, seeks truth, is going to speak truth over them and encourage them in their walk, there is wisdom in that. That is how the enemy works. He isolates us Mm -hmm. and he wants to keep us away from the team, from the team mindset and the community mindset that we were created to live in.
0: Hey friends. One of the things that Christina and I have talked about is how much we just love the aspect of having community when talking about these really, really tough things. There are so many different little nuances and questions that we have that can come up when talking about some deep topics like God and sex and all of the things that Christina and I cover. And I do not want you to be alone. I do not want you to go through this alone. Passion Connected is meant to be a place where you feel connected, supported, loved, cared for, and I want you to have that. So come join me and my group of people over on the Facebook group for Passion Connected. It is an intimate, beautiful, wonderful community where we talk each week, we ask questions, we work through the hard things, and we love on each other through all of this. So if you really feel like you would like some support, or you feel like you just want to have a space to ask the questions that you feel like you've been needing to ask or you want to grow in your sex life or help your kids as they journey through this then that is what my Facebook community is for. So I will have the link for that in the show notes. It is the Passion Connected podcast community and I cannot wait to welcome you in there and have you join in in this amazing group of people. All right, back to the episode.
1: So even if you can find one person And that's, that doesn't mean that you even have to confess every wrong thing you've done in your past or present. You may need to do that. That may be something that if, especially if you're currently active in it, that may be something that needs to be done, but it does mean that you can say this, I have some sexual shame that I'm carrying Mm -hmm. and it is paralyzing me. And I need the hope of Christ in this space. Would you help hold me accountable? Ask me, am I seeking him? tell me truth, remind me of who I am. And that pulls us out of that darkness and and isolation that the enemy would really like to keep us in. Yes.
0: Yes. I love that so much. And so much of what you're saying is like rattling through my counseling brain (laughs) because I'm just like Mm, thinking mm -hmm. of everything that I have been taught. And even just when you started talking about like the conviction and condemnation um, it made me Mm. think of some of the terminology that we use sometimes, um, to help people is rational or irrational thoughts. So a rational thought, um, is graceful. It is loving. It is caring. It is hoping for your best. And an irrational thought is one that is hard. There are no other options. It is very, um, pain point focused, and not growth and ease focused. And that was something I learned in my own life. And I literally, my one of my uh, counselors taught me to do the stop technique, where if you start having those hard thoughts, if it feels like it is um, harsh in a way that is not fair or graceful with you, stop it right then and there. And I would literally, like you said, I would walk around and I would start thinking, oh, I'm not doing good enough. Oh, I didn't love my husband enough. Oh, my kids need this, need that. And like everything I was thinking was just beating myself down. And I would literally mm. say out loud, all right, stop. <laughs> Those are not rational. They are irrational. And it is crazy because it was stuff that I finally opened up to my husband and was like, here's the thoughts that rattle through my brain all the time. Here's what I'm thinking that you don't see. And he was like, how can mm. you even be doing that? Like, He was like, I look at your life and I see all the good things and all the, the beautiful things that you're bringing here and how much you love the Lord. And why are you letting those things keep going? Why are you beating yourself up so much? And it was something that we did have to apply to our sex life because I would, we'd be having sex and I would think, oh, I did this thing like, and it would you know, because sexual experiences pop up when you're dealing, when you're, when you're being intimate, history mm-hmm. is going to flood back in your brain. You have memories. They're there for a reason. Your, your mind connects stuff. And I would have to go, okay, stop. That does not apply here. It does not matter. It yes. does not. It does not affect this situation. I am with my husband. Now I am with the Lord. I am loving. And this is intimate. And even, you know, experiences I had with him where it was like maybe something negative And I would Think it back up. And it's like that doesn't apply here. What is a graceful and rational thought that I can apply to this situation? I love my husband. He loves me. I love the Lord. This is good. And just taking a moment to just think those things and use cognitive behavioral therapy and just kind of you know reset, reset those thoughts. But I love that. Yes, the Lord tells us that we are transformed by renewing our mind. That's a pretty mm-hmm. powerful statement.
1: Mm. And it sounds to me like the ladies that are commenting you with these questions are looking for transformation. Yeah. So th- they do not want to stay in that place any longer. He says, take our thoughts captive. That is not simply in our own willpower fully, that original stop maybe, but to, to be able to invite um, the words of the Lord into that, the truths that we know into that, um, For non-Christ followers, there are truths, there are principles for you that you know to be true and accurate that may not be based on a scripture set for you. But go there, go to those truthful places that um, can bring you back to a rational, excellent word mindset in that. Um, And he also says, hey, to not be worried, to not be anxious, set your mind on these things that are lovely and that are pure and that are good. And that's exactly what you just said you did. I set my mind on the fact that my husband loves me and Mm -hmm. I love him and we have a great marriage and I love and serve my family well. You did exactly that and you found the hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you are told should arise when we genuinely do that sort of searching and really try to submit our mind to truth. We okay. cannot um, sit down and stop and give our mind pure reign over our body based over the emotion that it, that it experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to engage with it, not ignore it, I'm not in any way suggesting we ignore it. But we must engage and we must engage with what we know to be true in order to live with hope um, and in order to experience the life that we are promised, Um, especially as you're asking from the the perspective of, it, it, does God still judge me? How does he see me in this? But to live with that perspective of we are given life and we are told we have so much in that. So um, we have to take those thoughts captive and just replace them with what we know to be true.
0: Yeah. And, and what you were saying too, about bringing other people into it, or at least allowing yourself to have that support and have that conversation. Cause sometimes we'll be having these thoughts or we will be, you know, working through our pain points. And we, I, I mean, it's an a in us, but we're very self-focused because we are the center of ourselves. So we're thinking through our own lens. And a lot of times it's like, we don't think that someone else could understand or relate or be there or be in the same place or think something different about us than what we think about ourselves. Because for me, I know it was like, I felt like all these things that I was meant, all the negative things I was mentally speaking over my life. I knew myself best. So they just had to be true. They just had to be true. And and this is
1: whatever mm. it was.
0: And and I almost wouldn't even let God speak into those things because I felt like God was so good that how can I even, how can I even experience him here? And that is where God can bring other people into the situation and have an outside perspective of you. And I remember my husband just saying, okay, Amanda, you think this negative thing about yourself but tell me what everyone else in your life has said okay and <laughs> do you really think you can fool everyone you have ever met into like thinking that you're great here when really you're just this awful wretch and you have all of this problem and whatever and i was like oh yeah right. <laughs> like i'm not that good of an actress like i can't yeah. like, i can't be as bad as i must think i am in my head and so God was able to use someone else in my life where I opened up and said, this is what I'm thinking. And this is what I'm going through. And he was able to speak that truth through somebody else because I got vulnerable. And I had that conversation with someone in his community. Yeah,
1: that it was risky. Yeah, It's risky to do that. It's risky to be that honest and it feels unsafe um, and it can be. If you do not choose wisely, (laughs) (laughs) who you open up and share with, (laughs) we definitely encourage you to find someone who you know loves you and loves the Lord. And Amanda, my husband too, has encouraged me in some very similar ways, very similar ways and um, a way that's a little bit different than that, that involved a confession that I really struggled sharing. Um, We were, let's see, I'm going to try to think very quickly. We had probably been married close to five years at this point. We've now been married for 23 years. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Um, so this has been some years ago. Um, But I think we had been married right around five years and we had both gotten busy and we had two very little, little ones. Our first two are 13 months apart. So I had a 13 month old and a six week old. It was around that time frame. Um, And I was. I had other commitments going on, including my household, plus outside of my household. He had just stepped into some new positions at work and we were just distracted from one another. And some of my biggest love languages are quality time and physical touch. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're not having a lot of quality time. That's just me too. (laughs) And I remember my heart being stirred with remembrance. This is how this connects to where we are of a guy that I had seen in high school well, he had time for me. Well, of course he had time for me. <laughs> he did nothing but go to school and play. You know, Of course he had time for me. Um, my mind went back to some emotional connects that I had had there. Mm. Now I wrestled with that. I didn't want my mind to go there. I didn't want to feel those things. I didn't want to experience those things. I didn't want that person yeah. I wanted my husband and I wanted our time to increase and I wanted our investments in one another to improve, but I struggled and struggled. And when I sat my husband down and said, Hey, John, this is happening in my mind. And this, this is really bothering me and I'm not putting it there. I think that's important for us to recognize uh, that was something that had was been in my brain and yeah. it pulled it forward. Um, I'm not putting this here. I'm trying my best to not dwell on it, but it continues to repeat itself. And I really need you to know that this is happening with me and I need you to meet me where I am. And his graciousness was outstanding to me. Mm. It was hard. I'm not going to act like it was not hard for him to hear that, you know, and then he has questions. Of course he's going to have questions. I had questions, Yeah. but he met me where I was and it was not long after that and us talking about it and working through it and those thoughts of that person were gone and that season had been renewed and it had been redeemed if you will yeah. um and I was super grateful that I shared it and quit walking by myself in it and I know that not everyone has a spouse that they're comfortable doing that with yeah and that's understandable um I did. And I'm grateful, but I do believe that the majority of people will have a person in their community or can find a person near them that they mm-hmm. can share things like that with. Um, so that wasn't even for me, it wasn't even like, Oh, I'm revisiting this relationship in high school. It was, uh, my emotions from that relationship are here right now today while I'm married to mm. you and I do not like this. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that was pretty vulnerable and it felt really risky, but I was able to share it with someone who was trustworthy, who loved me and who loved the Lord. And because of that, we were able to work through it in a healthy way. And I'm grateful.
0: Yeah. And so much good can come out of it because if you had just kept it hidden and you had just been trying to deal with it yourself like that, those Conversations, the connection that you had with your husband, that wouldn't have been there. The growth wouldn't have been there. And so, yeah, when people are asking about, like, I have this shame or I feel dirty or whatever, it Mm -hmm. is not something to just try to push aside. It means there is something you have to deal with, whether that is a mindset change, whether that is your faith, whether that's your relationships, whether whatever it looks like, it means just any of those things, those feelings of dirtiness or shame are not meant to be there to make you feel more dirty and more shameful. They are there to help you figure out what is the root of this? Why is this here? Mm -hmm. What do I need to do with it? And it's going to take vulnerability and it's going to take effort. And I think that's the hard thing for people too, is like sex, working through sexual pain and struggles, it actually takes- it takes tears and it takes difficult conversations and it takes time mm-hmm. and it takes effort and you can't just turn on the tv and just ignore it you you're probably going to have to sit down and ask yourself the hard questions if you actually want to get through that
1: absolutely and it's worth every bit of it yeah and it feels like the like you're walking outdoors with 50 extra pounds on your back And you get to turn around and set that down. And you may set it down two pounds at a time. You may set it down 10 pounds at a time. However, you're getting that off of your back is a beautiful step forward. So even though it feels like it may be taking you a while, you are moving in the right direction. You're moving in the right direction. And just to remember that, um, I I looked in the face of a couple not too long ago who were struggling um, just with boundaries, wanting to set boundaries with where they were had had some struggles with where they had been and wanted to try to finish well. And I looked in their face and said, the fact that you were even setting before me, and inviting me into your community and asking my husband and I to be a part. I need you to know that, that the Lord is looking at you right now and he delights in this. Yes. Like You are confessing hard things. You are confessing sinful things in front of us and the Lord is delighted that you have joined him and his community to say, let's do this together. I need help. Um, because I think that we can often think, even in that position that the Lord's still just sitting there swinging a hammer. And that's just not the case. That is a lie. Um, and to watch their faces and tears mm-hmm. from both of them. I seriously, in that I moment, know. was like,
0: Spirit of God, thank you. <laughs> I know, I'm tearing up right now too. And especially because when you're talking about the 50 the pound weight, and um just and uh-huh. setting those things down i had someone speak over my life when i was in college that they they saw me walking this trail with women behind me and me continually just pouring more water into their water bottles and just like having it like passed down and i just pictured the people listening right now and and the mm. weight that they're carrying and i am just like so emotional right now just hoping and we'll be praying for them that they drop that weight and they take the water and they keep walking. And mm-hmm. that they know mm-hmm. that God is so proud of them for even listening to this today or taking any sort of yeah. action towards pursuing him and keep keeping on going. I just, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah.
1: When we see Christ as intercessor and advocate, we don't talk about the lot in church today. We don't use those words. Um, but when we see him as an intercessor, I think it's easy to be kind of like, okay, so he's between me and God. And there's truth to that. He is the one, not because God doesn't want to have a relationship with me, but, but Christ so passionately wants me to have a relationship with him. He's interceding constantly. Mm-hmm. But to think of him as my advocate, I see him with his arm in my arm yeah, next to me, passionately saying, Look at her; she's here confessing these things. She's really died to move I'm forward. I'm so she's proud of her. To you. <laughs> yes, which our entire Christian walk—the purpose is to move towards the Lord and let the Lord move towards us. Receive the Lord's moving towards us, and sometimes that comes in the form. Often for me, it comes in the form of confession of some sort. <laughs> but knowing that it is hope filled, hope filled. Um is just a beautiful image. So to have that right imagery in our mind sometimes
0: helps us take that first step. Yes, for sure. Oh my goodness. This is so good. I feel like we keep going forever. <laughs> hey friends. I wasn't kidding when I said that we really could keep talking forever. I love this conversation with Christina so much. It is gold. But it also did go a lot longer than my typical episode, which is why we are splitting it up into two. So this is part one. And next week you get more of this amazing conversation with Christina. I cannot wait to see you there. Don't miss out on it. Go ahead and hit subscribe to the podcast so that it is automatically there for you and waiting on Wednesday morning. And I will see you next week.